Sweet Daf Chaf Beis Amud Aleph and Amud Beis Authenticity Al Titzyar E Ela Min Hatzvuin. These figures of Gemara that we're learning are just so so foundational in terms of of life and understanding of the world, of a mind understanding of Torah. And uh, if we look at this sugi, which starts at the top of Chaf Beis Amud Aleph, even before and goes through to the Mishnah on Chaf Gimel Amud on Chaf Beis Amud Beis. And we ask ourselves, what is at the core? What is the Gemara really talking about? Because it seems almost stream of consciousness, just going from one idea to the other. But there's an important theme. And the theme is really about authenticity and superficiality. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll understand how important that is. A, a person's actions are very important. If a person is, is, uh, says, for example, I'm a Jew by heart, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, a person says, I'm, I'm honest in principle. It doesn't mean anything. When does honesty manifest itself or when does Yiddishkeit manifest itself? When there's a price to pay, when there's an investment involved. Because to be a Jew by heart or to be honest in principle entails no cost. It's easy. Anybody can do it. Why wouldn't one? But when being honest entails loss and you make a choice to rather lose but, but remain integrous, that shows character. When, when living our Yiddishkeit requires a cost, and we choose to make the cost because it's important, when, when Jewish education, education of our children, when these things are, are inconvenient and entail cost, that's the test of character. But action alone, even though action entails cost, action alone is also not fully revealing. Because in action, one has to look not only at the dimensions of the action, at what the, the, the action is in terms of its description, but at the quality of the action. What is the inner place from which that action is coming? What is the inner place? What is the soul of that action? What's really driving and motivating that action? That becomes important also in evaluating the quality of the action. And, and quality is such an important element that we tend not to place enough emphasis on. Um, just yesterday, I was talking to a, a client of mine who's fired a star salesperson. And I said, on why would you be doing that? This man is, is reaching all these targets. And, and, and the CEO said to me, he's reaching his quantitative targets, but not his qualitative targets. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, he's reaching the numbers, but his sales lack quality. And that idea of you've got to look at everything, even when you look at numbers in a business, is it qualitative numbers? Is it sustainable numbers? Is it taking the business in the strategic direction you want to be going? Is it fulfilling the purpose and the mission of the business? Or is it just hitting the numbers, hitting the numbers? And we tend in different parts of our lives to just want to hit the numbers and check things off. We've done what we need to do. And we see in this Gemara, as of course in many, many others, that the quality of the action is important because the quality is where the soul of the action is. And just as a person has a soul, an idea has a soul, an action has a soul, uh, all of these areas, you've got to look at the soul to understand the quality. And when we talk about authenticity, we're not talking about uh, what, what you see is what you get. I am who I am, as people often think is authenticity. That's animal authenticity. If that were authenticity, then animals would be the most authentic beings in the world. There's no facade with them. There's no deceit. They are who they are. You see exactly what, what is there. They don't try and convince you that they're anything other than what they are. A monkey's a monkey. A leopard's a leopard. There's no attempt to mislead you. So if that's what authenticity means, then animals would be the most authentic, and authenticity would then not be a human value. Authenticity doesn't mean natural. I am who I am. What you see is what you get. Authenticity means I am aligned to my essence. I am who I could be. 
I am aligned to, to, to who I am at my soul level, at my neshama level. What you see is my neshama. That's authenticity. And that's very, very hard. That, that's very, very difficult. So that's what this Gemara is really talking about. And if we go through some of, some of the Gemaras, the, the first one is a very important, and these things are important in order to evaluate ourselves and to try and set goals for ourselves, qualitative goals for ourselves, and also important in order to understand the people around us. Says the Gemara, Hechidami Rasha Arum. Yesterday we've been, we were talking about a Rasha Arum, somebody who is wicked in his scheming, in his, the brilliance of his scheming. And we had many examples of them. One case, the Gemara says at the top of the Omud, is a person who knows the whole of Tanakh, and he knows the whole of Mishnayas from beginning to end. He knows Shas, but he hasn't been Mishamish Tamide Chachomim. He hasn't lived with Tamide Chachomim. That's an Amaretz. The fact that he's a Baki Bishas, that he knows the whole of Shas, doesn't mean he's not an Amaretz. Quantitatively, he's not an Amaretz. He knows Shas. But what about qualitatively? Does he really know what each sugi means? Does he really know the essence of it? Does he really know the principle behind each halacha? Or does he just know the facts? Knowing the facts is quantitative, it's not qualitative. And Rashi says, what does Loshimish Tamid Chachamim means? Lilmod Svarat HaGemara B'Ta'amea Mishnah. It means, Shimish Tamid Chachamim doesn't just mean serving a Tamid Chachamim, it's, it's through being close to a Tamid Chachamim that one learns all of this. But the essence of it is to understand the inner reasoning the, the, fun, the underlying principles of each halacha. What's the life principle? What's the universal principle under each halacha? And he doesn't know that. He just knows the facts. That's an amar. It's vain lilmud And one can't learn from such a people because he, he will inevitably make mistakes because you're trying to apply. If somebody just tells you, look, I learned this mission and this is what it is. I learned this piece of Mishnah Brewer and this is what it says. Fine. You're, telling, you're giving me information like Google. It's Okay. But if you're going to say, and therefore I think you should do the following, in this case, that you can't do. Because how can you extrapolate if you don't understand principle? When we make extrapolation in learning and in Torah, we're not extrapolating from the quantitative element and the superficial dimension. We're extrapolating from the inner reason. The, the, the real svara, the real understanding of the principle, if two different people disagree, whether it's Abaya Varova, or it's the Rambam and the Ramban, or it's the Chazunish and, and Moshe Feinstein, if there's a different, you want to understand what's the Yesoyed HaMachlokes? What is the principle, the life principle, the Torah principle on which they're arguing, so that you can then work out how you want to go? You can't say, the Chazanish is this, the Moshe Feinstein is this, the five people support the Chazanish, and three people, the Moshe Feinstein of the past. You can't work like that. You've got to understand what the principles are you're working with. And he's an Arum who shomea et kolo mehem. A person, since the public treats this person as somebody who knows what he's talking about, because what Whatever happens, he quotes. He's able to quote from all over the He's got a good memory and he knows Shas. So you think he's a Talmud Chochem. And they treat him like a Talmud Chochem. That's the Orma. They start teaching, teaching as if he understands, as if he has insight. He doesn't have insight. He's a chat GPT. That's what he is. And you don't have to, there's no halacha that you have to treat chat GPT like a Talmud Chochem. If chat GPT walked into the base of Medrash, you wouldn't have to stand up. All that knowledge, all that information, it's a robot. It's nothing. And they're human robots. And to be able to distinguish between a human robot and a Talmud Chochem is what the, this Gemara is talking about. A Talmud Chochem understands the neshama of the idea. 
He understands the neshama of the halacha, the underlying principles. The Gemara goes on. Yerat Hashem b'niu melech v'melech im shonim al titarav. Fear Hashem, my son, and, and the king, and don't mix with the shonim. What is the shonim with the learners? Don't mix with those who learn. Omer Rav Yitzchak, elu shishonot halachot. Those are the people who learn halachas. So what's so terrible? The Gemara says such a terrible thing. People learn halacha. What's wrong with that? And, and the Gemara goes on says, these are the Tanaim. It doesn't mean the Tanoim in the Mishnah. It means Tanaim, people who just learn Mishnayas. And as I said yesterday and the day before, today we learn Gemara like Mishnayas. They just read, they read through, they read, they read, they get the information, they learn the Mishnah they learn the Mishnayas, they learn the Gemara, they go through Chumash and Rashi, but there's no understanding, there's no feeling. Then Mevalei Olam, they cause confusion in the world. Mevalei Olam, really? Is it such a terrible thing? Omer Avina, Shemoirin Halochem Itoch Mishnosa. Now, there's nothing wrong in learning lots of Mishnah and learning lots of Mishnah and learning Halochem, Shuchanot, nothing wrong with that. But don't draw conclusions. If you start drawing conclusions from superficial understanding, you cause confusion in the world. That's what shouldn't, that's what shouldn't be done. So once again, we see quantitative excellence and qualitative poverty. And we've got to be able to recognize that, that, that difference. And like a human being who doesn't have an ashoma is not just quantitatively different. So he doesn't have an ashoma. Okay, well, he's dead. He's a decomposing body. So, so here we're talking about an Amoritz. We're not talking about the Tamil Chochem. It's a little bit less of a Tamil Chochem. No, Shasper, he doesn't know all the reasoning. No, it's, quanti- it's qualitatively different, different. The Gemara goes on. Isha Prusha. The Mishnah says that an Isha Prusha, a very from woman, among others, is Mevalei Olam, one of the people who can confuse the world. Again, this mustn't be taken out of context, as we'll see in the Gemara, we need to understand what that means. It says the Gemara, the Brisa says, what is an Isha Purusha, a very from woman? Betulat Salyanit, a young woman who's always davening. She is always busy davening, busy davening, davening, davening. That's a problem. But there are cases where the Gemara learns Yerushalayim from a young girl and, and what real schar is from an almona, from a, a widow. And it gives examples of where they said the most amazing tefillahs and they were most nefesh. They sacrificed the fortune to be able to daven properly. This is the Gemara. I'm not talking about that kind of woman. At the end of that paragraph, Kigun Yochani Batritivi. I'm talking about women who are busy davening all the time. They're mumbling, their eyes are, mouths are going. They've got sidurim in their hands. They've got, they've got sifre tehillim in their hands. But they are like Yochani Batratevi. Who is Yochani Batratevi? Says Rashi, there's a, there was a woman, Yochani Batratevi, who used to claim to have supernatural powers and to be able to give brochas to pregnant women. And, and she, but she was a witch. And she had a way to cause the women suffering in their pregnancy. And then she would say, but I'll give you a bracha and the, and the suffering will go away. And then she would go and do a witchcraft and the, and, the, and the suffering would go away. And everybody thought she's a great tzaddikist, but she's a witch. Uh, and that was Yochan. So, so what we're talking about is women who use their perceived frumkite to position themselves as a power that they are not. That, that's, that's what it's talking about. Again, somebody has this external manifestation uh, and not the inside. And if you think that's far-fetched, um, I, I, I knew a man, it was a, a, really, a really nice man, who used to sell brochas. He was a Hasid Shereba, he used to sell brochas. And, and I asked him once how he does it. How, does, how do you get the success record? How, do you, how, do you, how did you start your business? 
So he said, I'll tell you. He had a few glasses of wine with me, and, we, and he was willing to give me his secrets. He said, firstly, I work through the women. And I look at the woman in the eye, and I say to her, hmm, it seems you've got communication problems in your marriage. And she says, oh, how did you know? She says, oh, how did I know? Everybody does. So, so then she said, then it's already sold. Then I give brochures. 50% of the brochures are successful, 50% aren't. They only talk about the ones that are successful. Nobody goes and says, I got a brocher from Rip so-and-so, and it didn't work. They, don't, they just keep quiet about it. But the ones where it works, I say, you know what? I got a brocher from Rip and then I fell pregnant, and then this happened, and, that. and that's how I built my business. So you think this is far-fetched? It happens all the time. A man with a long back issue, a strimal. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything the Gemara is teaching us. You've got to be able to see through the veneer and understand what's the inner place from which people are coming. I was at a, a, a program in, in Europe not long ago, and there were wonderful people there. It was a very Haredi environment, and I was commenting to a friend of mine, who's a, a well-known Dayan who was also there, and I said, these people are amazing. The davening's amazing. They say they're from. It's such an amazing thing to be in this beautiful place surrounded by these people. He said, don't be fooled. He said, many of the people here don't keep Shabbos in private. I know them. Many of the people here don't keep Shabbos in private. I said, so why are they here? Why would they be paying all this extra money to be at a Shomer Shabbos place and the thing? And why are they dressed like that? He said, for business networking. Just listen to the business deals that are going on. This is about business. It's not about Yiddishkeit. He was able to see beneath the veneer and to understand it doesn't matter what people look like. What's on the inside? Who are these people? The Gomorrah goes on and says, um, Shiva Purushim, there are different kinds of Purushim from, from people from whom one has to be careful. One is Porush Mi'avo, Porush Mi'iro. Um, one is a person who is from because of love of God and one is a person who is from because of fear of God. Abayavarova said to the to the Chochum who said that, no, don't don't include that in the list. Didn't we say If a person's doing it just out of love of God, or he's doing it because he fears God, not just not for the mitzvah itself, that's not such a bad thing. At worst, he'll come to do it for good reasons afterwards, we've learned. And I've included two important toasts on that if you if anybody wants to go into this whole thing of when we say it's better to do it Lolishma and when not. Tosfos uh, goes into a very clear definition of that. What is hidden from sight is hidden from sight. You don't know what's in another person's heart. And what's on the surface is on the surface and you can see it. But Hashem's based in will exact payment from people who wear long black coats and don't have the, in, the, inner, the inner strength. Hashem, that, we can't judge those things. They look like from Yidin, they are from Yidin, and many of them are tzaddikim and great tzamidi chachomim, and many of them are rishoyim arumim. And, and how will you know who's who? You can't know who's who, says the Gemara. Hashem will work out who's who. But don't be overwhelmed by the veneer. Omala Yanai Malkele Devita. Yanai the king said to, to his daughter, don't worry about the Pharisees, the very from people. And don't worry about the reform and the conservative people. They're all good. What you've got to worry about are the painted ones, which means hypocrites. But comes from tseva, those with the veneer. 
שדומים לפרושים, they look like from people, שמעשיהם כמעשה זמרי ומבקשים שכר כפנחס. They do זמרי's deeds, זמרי had a public affair with a, with a, print, with a non-Jewish princess, and, and they want to be rewarded like פנחס, who killed זמרי. That's a phrase which we now use all the time. מעשיהם כמעשה זמרי ומבקשים שכר כפנחס. And Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz used to say in the name of his Rebbe, Reb Shimon Shkop, that what that means is not just that they do both things, that they're inconsistent and that they're hypocritical. He said the Chidush of Reb Shimon Shkop was that even when they do, they do Maise Zimri, even when they act like Zimri, they expect the Schar for that. Like Pinchas, they don't understand there's anything wrong with it. It's not that they're deliberately deceiving you. They're living two lives and they think they're both good. And they think they can get schar kapinchas for everything they do. They're not in, it's not a deliberate deceit. They just built a, a, a model of living, which is a deceitful model, but it's deceived themselves too. They've been successful in deceiving themselves. What is this statement of, um, that, that the Gemara uses, Yochani Batarativi. We find the word Yochani in one other place. We find the word Yochani in Zvochim Daf Samach Beis where there's a, a, Rav Yosef is teaching some Torah about the Mizbeach, and, and he makes a comment which seems ridiculous, and they mock him. And then it's, uh, uh, Abaya kind of gets it right, and Rav Yosef says, oh, Abaya understands what I'm talking about, but they, they mocked him. In mocking him, they said to the Kari Alayu Bnei Keturo, he called the Talmudim and the Beis Medrash who mocked him, but you are Bnei Keturo. Surah, remember, was the woman that, that Avram married later on. Some say it was Hagar. And these are his children. B'nai Achter, the Gemara goes on to say, B'nai Achter, the Rabbi Tarfan, Rabbi Yatve, Kami, the Rabbi Tarfan. The children of the sister, the sons of Rabbi Tarfan's sister were sitting before him. Patach v'amar v'yosef, Avraham v'yikach ishao shmei yochani. So he's teaching them Chumash, and he says, and Yosef took another wife, and her name was Yochanan. I'm really Keturah They said, excuse me, Rebbe, it's not, not Yochanan, you made a mistake in the Posuk, it's Keturah. Kari Alein Bnei Keturah. He said to them, you're also Bnei Keturah. And Ravelia Desle in Mechtav Melio explains this magnificently. He says, because what Yochanan, as we see from this Rashi, is a person who has the outer manifestation, but not the soul of it. That's who Yochanan is. Keturah was the same, as Rashi says there in Zvochim. You b'nei Avrom, you are the children of Avrom. You can go around saying, I'm Avrom's children, but you're not. You're b'nei Keturah. In essence, you don't get the soul of Yiddishkeit. You don't have the essence of Yiddishkeit. You don't understand it. You've just got the outer form. Yes, you're b'nei Avrom, you're Jewish, but, but you're not Jewish. That's what b'nei Keturah means. And he said that to the Talmudim. Explains Ravel Yadesla, what he was saying to them is, you're like Keturah, you only get the outside form. You act like a Jew, and you talk like a Jew, but you're not. You act like a Talmud Chochem, you talk, but you don't get it. That when I said Yochani, I was explaining who Keturah was, and you should know the Gemara in Soita, and realize that when I said Keturah was Yochani, I'm talking about Keturah being a woman who had the outer form of being a Jewish woman, and was davening all the time, and had tehillim in her hands all the time, but inside the inner place was not a place of of, of Yerushalayim. That's what I meant by what I said. And you, who didn't understand the soul of my drosha, you just heard the words and thought I'd misquoted, because all you're interested in quoted, you're the chat GPT, and, and you realized I misquoted, but you didn't understand in my misquoting was a definition of a certain person, personality type called Keturah. 
and you fit into that personality type. That's the meaning of, uh, of this piece, as Rabbi Leo Desley explains. It's so important for us also to understand. Authenticity means living by our soul. Authenticity means understanding the soul of a chazal, the soul of an idea. Authenticity means relating to other people in terms of their soul. Authenticity means understanding people at their essence, not just in terms of how they present themselves, and trying to seek alignment between the inner soul and the, and the outer being of the person, of the idea, of the action, and to always judge situations not only by their quantitative dimensions, but also by their inner quality. 